Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Very excited today. We have a special guest, somebody coming from Indiana. I actually met Adam uh, a couple months ago in Phoenix at a syndication workshop. Uh, you know, getting to the next level, educating ourselves on something that we're both very passionate about, which is multifamily investing. But this guy's story really stuck out to me tremendously because, you know, he first started off in a very successful business, working over two decades, uh, owning his own body shop, car body shop, uh, to be specific. And what's really cool about it is he got an offer uh, to cash out, and that really started creating, you know, turning some things in his head to, you know, what am I going to do now moving forward? And real estate investing kind of runs in, in the family, in the bloodstream. And, uh, you know, tried it, I believe you tried it in the past, maybe not as successful. And then something just sparked that, you know, you're determined to make it work. So you went all in and just within two short years, you got up to 42 units plus now, which is awesome. So without further ado, what's up, Adam? How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show, Brandon. I very much appreciate it. Um, Great to be here. Yeah, man. I'm excited for you to be here. Uh, I know you have a ton of value for a lot of people that are getting started. And overall, you know, the theme of the podcast, it's all to educate people, motivate them and prepare them to take action. I think the motivation is already there because at the end of the day, you went all in after, you know, working your butt off in the, I wouldn't say corporate world, but you know, you you were an entrepreneur at heart and then, you know, you went full in to real estate and within within two years, 42 units. That's tremendous. It was, um, it was probably more like a year and a half. Yeah. I love it. So tell us anybody out there that doesn't know who you are. Do you mind just diving into who you are, why real estate and, and what you've created for yourself? Yeah, I got to say, you kind of stole my thunder. You gave away pretty much my whole story there. <laughs> I'm no, sure you got um, a couple more things. <laughs> all right. Well, like you said, uh, I used to own an um, auto collision shop where we fixed cars. We were very successful. I was actually under contract to purchase two other lo- competing locations. And during that time, I received an offer to sell out. And I didn't know if I necessarily wanted to do it. I took some time. Um, took a little bit of time, spoke with my wife, talked about what that would mean for us. And ultimately, myself and my wife, we really wanted to um, connect better as a family. Uh, the, the previous business really took me away from the family a lot. Mm. And real estate has really allowed me to, I'm working more, to be honest with you, but I'm able to connect so much more spend more time with my kids. I'm able to teach my kids the business and I'm teaching my kids the business without them even knowing it, without me even knowing it because they're catching on to this stuff. My wife and I will talk on the dinner table talking about deals and my son will chime in. Well, what's the returns on that deal? 
and it's, it's it. hilarious how much they pick up just um just overhearing conversations now what are, what are your kids ages yeah so my uh kids are 11 and 10 years old i love it and i get them i'll get them out on properties working on the properties they will be um, cleaning up i had them help um pour cement walkway at time and i'm really pulling away from doing the doing the physical labor but i think it's good for them and to experience that stuff i grew i grew up with that stuff i was probably 10 between 10 and 12 when uh, my sister and i were on our own roof replacing our roof by ourselves so i grew up on this stuff and i want to get my kids to do that as well i love it and you are from indiana indiana yes okay awesome and uh, so why real estate? I mean, you had a successful business going very strong, entrepreneur spirit kind of already in the family. I believe your, your yeah. family, your parents, they, they did real estate as well? Yeah. So my parents are retired uh, very well with um, investing in real estate. And you had mentioned I'd done this previously. I had done some fix and flips in the years past before I decided to do this, realized that that is not for me. <laughs> Yeah, I could, I could do it now. I've learned quite a bit more about it. Of course. Um, and I could do that, but that's a job. And I'm looking for something that is more passive for me. Yeah. Something that if I want to go on vacation for two weeks, I can do that and not worry about getting income. Yeah. Um, with flips, I, I can't necessarily do that. Um, so I wanted to get into real estate in those, um, uh, the time period that my wife and I discussed whether we wanted to sell and get into real estate, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when that offer came was go, that would be, that was going to be the only thing I was going to do was going to go into real estate. And we really just put down the numbers. We figured out what we would have to do in real estate in order to make our income, to make our passive income and realize the freedom that that was going to allow us. And it was a no brainer to be honest with you. I love it. You know, I, I think you just said something that that's so crucial because at the end of the day, like you needed to figure out, um, you know, w what the next path was and it, it was a no brainer real estate getting started into that. Uh, so I, I, I think that's tremendous. So moving forward, once you actually went full in, you know, what were the plans after that? Yeah. So, um, the reason I was able to acquire so many units and this was back in 2016. So the market was still pretty hot in 2016. Mm. Not nearly as hot as it is now, but I wanted to, I wanted to taste a little bit of everything that uh, rentals had. So I have single family, I have multifamily, I have some office space, and I wanted to see, see what I liked, see what I didn't like. And the um, middle to middle end of last year, my wife and I said, okay, we'll need to focus on what we like. And we really like multifamily. We like the economies of scale multifamily, the, the um, stability of it. And we wanted to go to a conference to see, maybe there's some secret sauce we don't know that we aren't doing and we're really missing out and going to fail. So we, we're going to go to that. We're going to use that as a springboard is, we're going to decide from that conference whether we're going to go multifamily or go down a different route. Okay. And uh, the conference was a Rod Cleef conference. Yep. It, was, it was great. Uh, I learned that there's no secret sauce. It's hard work. 
Yeah. And we were, it just reinforced the things, reinforced the things that we were doing and that we were doing them correctly. Yes, we learned a few nuggets that we were bringing in and networked with a really great crowd. And it's, um, it's really refreshing to be around the real estate community because there are so many people in it that want to see you succeed. They want to help you. They want to teach you the information about it. And just like your podcast is here for, it's teaching people how to get into the game, how to get better. And um, it's just amazing. It's really refreshing from um, the previous industry that I was in, which it, there wasn't environments like that. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, I think I think that's awesome too. Like originally you were talking about, um, you know, fix and flips. You realize that is not what you want to do. Not enough people actually acknowledge that it is a job you're, you're jumping into. You know, a lot of people hear it on, on TV or, uh, you know, the mass people talking about either wholesaling, fix and flips or rentals, you know, the main things. Um, yeah. But a lot of people think, you know, a fix and flip, is, is going to be their answer to all their problems. And, uh, and it is a job, you know, what you're jumping into. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can make a lot of money in it. Don't get me you wrong. Can. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely, I mean, you have to keep going. You have to keep finding that deal. You have to keep talking to people to get that deal. You have to talk to your contractors and it doesn't happen without you. Yeah. It just doesn't. I, for, there's probably select people that can, that have systems where they can do it without them. But um, man, you, the scale that you'd have to be at in order to do that is just ridiculous to me. Yeah, no, it's so true. I have a fix and flip in San Diego going on right now and it's, it's chaos how much like moving pieces are going into it and yeah. uh, how many different hats I have to wear. Uh, yeah. So it is definitely full time. Well, I hope I didn't scare you. No, no, it's good. I love it. <laughs> I'm already in. I'm knee deep in it now. <laughs> uh, but I think it's awesome how you brought up, um, you know, is there a secret sauce out there that you're missing? Cause I feel like a lot of us feel like that, especially first getting started. And yeah. you, you went to a Rod Cleef, um, event, which I'm sure was very impactful. Very awesome. I'm sure you got a, a few, you know, really good gold nuggets in there. Um, yeah. speaking of which there, there's some awesome event of his in Denver coming up in the next couple months. And I just had him on uh, a couple episodes ago. So, he ended up, yeah, he, he gave some discounted tickets uh, people can find in the show notes. Um, if anybody's interested in that, I'll be out there. Very excited for that. Um, oh, awesome. I'll be there. Yeah. Let's yeah. link up, brother. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I don't know what your discount was from Rod, but I think right now the general admission is $300. For three days, for $300 for the amount of information that he gives. It's, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, I feel like I shouldn't even have to convince some of my friends to go that are yeah. slightly getting interested in real estate, but it is, uh, it's going to be, you know, game changer, a lot of motivation, entrepreneur tendencies, like spirit behind that. And then he is given the gold nuggets behind it as well. But like you mentioned, you know, it, it's not going to be, you know, that, that quick little pill that you take, you pay and you're going to be successful overnight. Like, there is going to be hard work. You, you can't outsource that. You can't cut that out of, out of the process. No, so, you're very right. Yep. I, you know, I, I think that's very, uh, it's important to know up front. Um, but, but yeah, you know, let's talk about some of your first deals because 
you know, I feel like you just came right out of the gate swinging and, uh, and obviously had a couple home runs right from the start, but I'm sure there was a bunch of learning curves along the way. So, you know, like if, if you wouldn't mind talking about some of your first deals that stand out to you. Sure. Sure. Uh, my very first deal, single family home. It took me when I was going at it hard, trying to find a deal. It probably took me four months to find this deal. Okay. And single family. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to really find a deal now, I probably could go find a single family in less than two, three weeks. I'd buy it from a wholesaler. And that's what I did with my first one. I bought it from a wholesaler. I started networking, going to um, local meetups and telling people what I wanted, what I, um, what I did, um, what I was looking for. And a wholesaler said, hey, I have this deal. This is what I'm going to make on it. Here's what I'm buying it for. Do you want it? It wasn't a, um, a grand slam by any means, but I will say I did the calculations. And since I purchased that back in 2016, I've been averaging over 30% cash on cash and I manage it myself. So if you're going to pay someone to manage it, you're not going to make that. But yeah. That's insane. Over 30% cash on cash. On a, if I can figure out how to do that for everything, yeah. um, the, the world, there's sky's the limit yeah so now this property is local and, yep. and basically you, you got it from a wholesaler so networking is very very crucial yes um now is that where you, you get most of your lead generation from wholesalers um yes uh, I'd, I'd say it more so from networking than okay. just wholesalers yeah if you're if you're not going to network and you aren't going to deal with wholesalers you essentially have to become that wholesaler that's just not going to sell it. You have yeah. to reach out to so many different people. And at that time, I didn't have the time to do that. And I didn't have the, I didn't want to be a wholesaler. Yeah. I wanted to buy property and rent it. Yep. So to pay a wholesaler two or $3,000 for them to do all that process. Um, to me, that was a great way to get into it. I analyzed the deal. I figured out, um, I was nervous. You know, I was, the reason it took me so long, I was stuck in analysis paralysis. I was looking for that perfect deal. And I'm sure probably every one of your listeners had that same experience. You know, yeah. they're, they're worried about doing it. So what I did was I wanted to create multiple exit strategies with this property. I wanted to figure out if I didn't want to keep it as a rental and it didn't work out, could I sell it and at bare minimum break even? And I could. I could actually make money if I had to sell it. And at that point, it was like, why would I not do this? Okay. Um, so I hopped right in. As soon as I got in that deal, um, deal after deal after deal popped up that um, just came from my network, people that I talked with and told them what I did. Now, how were you funding these deals? Were, was it from the cash out from the business that you just sold or were you raising yeah. money? So I had a little bit of an advantage because I, I sold my business. I had funds to put into these. So um, okay. I'm, not, I'm not the guy that has the creative financing zero down. I, I put 25% down, got a commercial loan on all the stuff. Okay. And, um, uh, no, no creative insight there. That's all good. Uh, I mean. Other <laughs> than work with a local bank. Yeah. And that's leveraging more. So, you know, you're only putting in 25%, which is awesome. Now, were these properties, is your strategy more of like turnkey status or are you putting in some work to these properties to, to add some value? 
I think every single property that I've had, I've had to put, um, put value into it and do repairs. Yeah. I, I always think it's so funny to like certain pe- people that I'm coaching or just random people that I end up talking to saying, you know, I didn't have to do anything to it. It was all good to go. And because it's very, very rare that you run into those situations, even if it like everything really looks good, there's some money that's going to be, uh, I, you know, I, I bought a property that was fully remodeled and we still had to put like $1,500 into it at the end of the day. Oh, um, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the only one was my very first one because I bought it as a rental. So I acquired the tenants. There was already someone in there and they had um, recently rehabbed it. Okay. They were happy with um, everything about it. So I just rolled that over, rolled the tenants into my lease and um, have uh, continued with that. Perfect. Now, did you do any screening with that tenant or they just seemed like, you know, some stand up people and they're good to go? Screen everyone. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you acquire a lease and you have to keep it for six, seven months, uh, I mean, there's not much you can do. Uh, I recommend screening the people ahead of time for, you know, for a single family, especially because if, um, if you don't like that tenant, tell the seller to get rid of the tenant before you buy it. Yeah. Yeah, why take why take that mess on for yourself? Why have to evict yourself or tell them to stop? It uh, seems nice and easy to me. That is that is so good. I wish I would have known you like a year ago because I stupidly <laughs> I stupidly bought a triplex and one unit was was uh, filled and it was just a bad tenant. Even yeah. when we were closing on the property, uh, they they stopped paying money uh, to the to the current sellers to the owners yeah. at the time. And I was like, oh man, what am I doing? Uh, But finally got them out. It was a, I I was thinking to myself, you know, at least his payment will cover the, the mortgage. Yeah. And then make a payment. Yeah. Yeah. As long as he makes it right, then I'll I'll be okay. But uh, it's not something that you think about. And that's why it's good to educate yourself um, and network with people because uh, networking with those people, a lot of times people will give you that advice. If you just ask, say, Hey, here's my deal. Person's in there. And you could say, I'm just going to roll them right into it. And then someone more experienced could say, Hey, did you talk to this person? Do you know if they're good? Because there's a lot of people that are current landlords that are selling that never screen no. any, any warm body that will get into their unit They're in their mind. They're like, my property is going to sell for more if this is filled up. Yeah. So the very first person that's willing to pay their price guess what? You're accepted. Yeah. They could be a um, serious felon, um, multiple drug charges, you know, who's to say who that person is. So definitely screen your people. Yeah. Save you a lot of heartache. It's so true. Now, what do you use for screening? Uh, I use Buildium currently for um, my property management and they have built-in screening. Yeah. I've, there's a lot of local free stuff that you can get to. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm, but I'm sure anyone can access um, my case. I think my case is uh, nationwide and it's individual, but I mean, it'll um, give the rep sheet or um, evictions, um, unpaid judgments, all that type of stuff. Speeding tickets. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> my, mine, mine doesn't pop up speeding tickets, but I actually do ask that for uh, when I'm doing like a phone interview over the phone oh, with yeah. prospecting tenants. Cause I do my own property management as well uh, for all of my uh, properties. And 
Um, and doing it virtually, it can sometimes be a pain um, to try to really dig out of them, you know, because everybody, you know, when they're talking to a, a prospecting landlord, everybody yeah. comes off as an angel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, I, I use uh, Rent Perfect um, as a screening process, but, uh, you know, I, I recently made a post, uh, on Facebook recently and got a, got a lot of feedback from a lot of different individuals with different resources. So there are so many different options out there. So many. The only wrong option is not doing it. Yeah. It's so, so crucial. It's very, very important. And in the beginning, I, I would get lenient because, you know, I would give people almost the benefit of the doubt and, and really try to like, they were painting the vision into me instead of me doing the opposite to them. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I think when it's on paper, you should really, you should keep an eye, you know, at that and see, you know, if the screening process doesn't come back in their favor, then as, as sweet as they might seem for the 10 minutes that you talk to them, you should really take that into consideration and, you know, pass up to you know somebody else that potentially would be a lot better if you just give it a little bit more time yep so as far as uh you know your strategy you are putting in some work what is the average amount of work that you're putting into your properties are you doing like full remodels or no um partial remodels okay. uh, i do some full but it really depends on the property what condition i'm buying it in yeah, uh, what value it's going to bring and really where it's located. So okay. uh, there's so many different factors that go into that that depend on how much money you put into it. Yeah, uh, but it's really however much it takes to get it to market rent or slightly above market rent, wherever you want to be. If you want to be that price leader, you know, put a little bit extra in that um, other people don't have, which I have some of those properties. I've um, some may say like over repaired it. Um, but I'm getting higher rents than what the market was and it can justify it. Yeah, no, I, I, I shoot for the same strategy. Um, now, as far as you getting your contractors to be able to do this work, are you just subbing out the work or are you actually getting a contractor? Um, and how are you going about, you know, getting the work done? Uh, networking, uh, once again, finding people that have used other people. So I just have a, um, a laundry list of people that specialize in different tasks. Yep. So if I need a roof guy, I know who to call. Yep. If I need a plumbing guy, I know who to call. And uh, as I'm ramping up my business and hiring all that stuff out to become much more crucial for myself. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think there's like a, a theme to, to this episode right here is networking and really getting yourself out there. If, if you're more introvert and, uh, and that's difficult task for you, at the end of the day, you're just going to have to break through it. Because, yes. because I mean, at the end of the day, you networking and getting out there is where you're going to find your resources and, and get the referrals. I used to just go willy nilly and, and try to get, uh, you know, the first five or 10 contractors that would come out to the property and, and pick the best one. And that can work sometimes. But what I realized for me, at least, is when I get a warm recommendation from somebody that's been using them over and over, um, even if me and this guy don't agree upon something and it could potentially go wrong, he doesn't want to make it go wrong. He wants to make 
it go right by all means because he wants to, you know, he knows the word will get back to the guy that, that referred him to me. So I think that's very, very crucial. Yep. Yeah. And when you call that contractor, say, Hey, I was referred by Tom. Yeah. No, he gave me your name, said you were a great contractor. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about, I mean, this, how the hell you processed within about a year and a half, two years, building up to 42 units. I know the first one, it, it, it took a couple months to actually get that, but then afterwards, did you just have your process in, in play and, and you were just one after another? Uh, I, I could tell you yes, but I'd be lying to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Process is constantly changing. Okay. Always learning new things, always tweaking it. And I could go and talk to someone that has 100 units and has his process down that would completely not work for me. Yeah. So you really have to figure out what works for you as an investor on, on your processes. So um, as far as ramping up to that amount goes, um, it wasn't that hard to be honest with you. As long as, since my stuff needed work done, as long as you have people to work on them, um, you can fund the deals and you make sure that you run your numbers correctly up front. It's, it's fairly easy. And now that we're stabilized with the properties that we have, it's, it's kind of self-running itself. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, you get those random, because we self-manage too for, for these properties. And as yeah. we grow bigger, we're going to get institutional property management. So, um, but I mean, you get those weird phone calls. Uh, you get tenants that are disrespectful. They contact you at two in the morning, talk about, hey, you know, just, just something completely irrelevant. But that's when they get off work. So they're contacting you. So um, that kind of stuff breaks up your day, but compare that to the previous, um, business that I had, it's, it's absolutely nothing. It's, I mean, it's, it's so easy to deal with and, um, gives me time to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I think two o'clock in the morning, I, I think I'd be a little pissed off myself. That, that's a yeah. little wild. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely, I screen just like a bank and, um, and I'd rather have a vacancy longer just in case because I, I'm really looking for the cream of the crop just as, as you are. Uh, yeah. you know, so you don't need, now. It is. It, it, it gets it's a little so difficult. Yeah. With such a great market for people buying homes, banks yeah. are getting loose and those good tenants yeah. are stretching themselves thin to get into property and they're not there to be your tenant anymore. So yeah. uh, it's, it's getting hard to find the good people. Yeah. So what do you do to try to keep those guys besides, you know, I guess just going above and beyond within your property um, itself to make it more, you know, attractive? Yeah. So providing a safe home for them to be in is number one in my book. Yeah. Uh, Number two is responsive, uh, responsiveness to, to them. When they contact you, don't wait a week. Don't wait. Oh, well, you know, I'll fix that next month or, yeah. I mean, some people just don't fix stuff, period. Yep. Uh, get in there and fix it, fix that stuff and do it quickly. Um, respond to their phone calls, make them feel important. Um, let them know they're important. Okay. Now, um, are, are you doing some of the work yourself if it's small and close by or do you like no to hire more. out most of things? Yeah. Um, no, I'm doing no more. So I'm hiring it all out. Okay. Um, I've just contacted um, a couple different people that I can reach out to. If one's busy, I can contact another one. 
Good. Um, I'm really focusing on growth at this period yeah. and going out and fixing that stuff while it may save me money. Yeah. I'm losing money in growth. It's so true. I love stepping that. O- stepping over a, a dollar to pick up a penny. Yeah. Yeah. Smart man. That's very smart. You know, time to move on and get to that next level. I love it. So as far as safety goes, um, do you put security cameras at all in any of your properties? I just started doing this to a few different properties and I haven't noticed if it's beneficial or not yet, but just kind of curious. I only have security cameras in one of my offices where I, it's okay. a office sharing, like a co, co-work space. Yeah. Um, so that's just for, um, to eliminate the bickering of somebody went into my space or um, someone moved this, that type of stuff. That's the only, um, the only property I have it on. Um, okay. I've considered putting it on uh, one of my 10 plexes, but I've not had any issues or need to do it. And I definitely don't have the time to review the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds nightmare. Yeah, I, I, I think that, um, I think that that promotes people contacting you to be like, Oh, can you review this? Because this happened. And, and I just haven't run into serious issues where I felt like I've needed that. Okay. I like that. Um, okay. Now have, because you're at 42 units, I know you just mentioned you have a 10, uh, a 10 unit as well. Um, have, have you run into, you know, financing issues with the bank at this point yet or? No, my 10 unit has been, uh, my best purchase. Okay. Yeah, of course. So yeah. I bought, I bought that property for 305,000, which where you live is. <laughs> you get a shack right outside. Right, right, right. You, no, you get the, the, I saw this meme about a little sponge by the kitchen sink. A yeah. Sponge. You'll get about that size. Yeah. So, so a 10 unit, this is in a um, B plus to A minus area. Nice. It was really dilapidated. Bought it for 305,000, put about 120,000 in it. I could probably it sell it. huh? Wow. <laughs> I could probably sell it right now for seven hundred and fifty. Woo! So, I love so it. I the bank. I um, rather than refinance because the rates have gone up. I just got a second term on it. Cash the money out. I have zero money in this property. Yeah. And um, it's cash flowing like crazy. Ah, so smart, brother. I love that. Wait, so you just said you you cashed out, but you didn't you didn't refinance. No, I did not refinance. They were they actually uh, allowed me to just get a second loan on it, um, okay. rather than cashing it out because my original loan had lower interest on it. Okay. And so he pointed out, hey, we could just go into a second. That way, you're able to keep that lower interest. I have um, a really good relationship with a local bank, and um, they give me some really good terms, and yeah. I didn't want to give those up, so I just uh, got a second on it and pulled that money out. Yeah. I think, I think there's something special about that as well. Uh, utilizing the small local banks for me, at least personally, that has helped me tremendously within, you know, the area, uh, mostly Ohio is where my portfolio is. And within this small area, you know, that small local branch is, you know, they're the ones that have been extremely helpful, cover my closing costs, like a bunch of, um, you know, really good terms, and they're willing to work with you, move things around to make it work, which is awesome. Yeah, you're a person to them. Yeah, Where yeah. With, with Wells Fargo or a large bank like that, you're, you're just a number. 
Bank of America, it was the funniest thing. Not to like really trash talk them. Uh, <laughs> they are one of my bank accounts, but uh, I couldn't believe it. They were like guaranteeing that they would beat any rate whatsoever out there. I was like, okay, okay, let's, let's go for it. So I, I shopped around. I finally went back to them. I was like, all right, well, these guys said one thing. And then I realized that their origination fees were out the roof. It was like six grand or like seven grand for origination fees on like the small properties that, you know, the, the less affordable ones. I'm like, yeah, like a quarter of my property. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's a, it, it's a little wild. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, with, with the, the small local banks are, are you having any issues um, with like the, the 10 loans at a, at a time rule? Um, no. So all my properties are owned with an LLC and I have to get a commercial loan with that. So okay. I don't, I don't have that personal cap. Okay. Uh, but I, I think every bank you have a cap with that. I don't think it's bank policy. I think it's more um, government policy. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Wow. I love it. And, and basically just to go back as well, I'm still like caught up on, on the 10 unit. Um, so you still kept your original first, first, uh, mortgage on it. And then they allowed you to take out a second. Yeah. And, and they're both the same bank. Yep. Huh. Okay. I've never heard of that. that see, that's the, that's the creativeness of, of using small local banks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I don't know how common that is because you hear a lot of people using the Burr method that they're yeah. refinancing. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, but yeah, so I had really good um, loan on the first purchase and I didn't want to give that up because I didn't know if I was going to refinance that out. But after I used so much money in it, I was like, I want that money out so I can invest it in something else. Of course. Yeah. So super smart. I love it. And that, I think that's the best, like having no money into the actual deal itself at the end of the day, it being yeah. fully remodeled, good to go. And now it's cash flowing like crazy. Yep. Like what more can you ask for? Now uh, you get your money back and you can put it to work in other places. It's like, dude, good for you. That's huge. You can pull out more than what you have in it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what you can ask for. Yeah. Which, yeah. There, I still have a buffer in there where I could pull that out if I wanted for to. For sure, yeah. I have a couple of mine that I, for the most part, I, I left a good amount of equity in there. Um, but my best one so far is like 102%. So nothing too crazy, but I've had a, a few extras that, um, that I could have pulled out a lot more and I just decided to leave it in there. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think the Burr method or you know, just getting creative like what you did is very it's very uh, impactful to building that momentum and really just snowballing it. Yeah. Cool. So tell me about, I know you guys, uh, you and a couple other rock star investors within the area, you guys hold a monthly meeting on yeah. the first Wednesday of every month, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So where is this exactly? Just in case if anybody's local or if anybody's, you know, traveling, if they want to pop in, I, I know you guys are growing tremendously right now. So maybe, yeah. Maybe they need to RSVP and give you a little heads up if they're coming into town. Uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And it's, um, it's a wide variety of investors. We got um, flippers, uh, landlords, uh, passive investors. We have note holders. And everyone's kind of together. This last, so the um, last Wednesday was our meeting for this month. I went down and um, 
drilled down into two different properties on how to stress test your deal before you buy them to figure mm -hmm. out um, if your properties can still function if they don't, um, if you um, have lower rents or higher vacancy, can you still make your mortgage payment, uh, that type of stuff. So it was very informative. We try to do stuff like that. This meeting is free. We don't charge anything for it. So uh, how could you pass this up? But uh, I'd love to get anyone that uh, maybe even wants to be a speaker there, um, bringing more information, very similar to what we're doing here, uh, bringing some experience and um, some fresh meat to the, to the pile. Um, it's been really good. I co-host it with a good buddy of mine and um, we really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to name call anybody or anything or, or be negative in any atmosphere, but honestly, you would be retardedly stupid if you don't actually take advantage of, of going to, you know, one of your meetings because I, I've watched a little bit, um, you know, from a far distance on, on social media and I know you guys have tremendous value, what you guys are building and also, you know, the momentum that it is building with how it's growing so quickly is tremendous. So, yeah. Um, I'm I very sure, much appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple gold nuggets that anybody can walk away with, um, you know, going there. But let me let me just ask you, I guess, you know, before we, we start wrapping this up, is there anything that you would recommend that, you know, if, if you were kind of restarting this whole process over, you know, from it's been only a year and a half, two years, 42 units, which is tremendous, but if you could start over, is there anything that you would have done differently to get maybe faster results, um, you know, less learning curves? I would have bought more, to be honest with you. I, love uh, I, wish, I wish I would have bought more. Um, I, would, I would have networked more. Yeah. So initially, I only really networked locally. I wish I would have got out farther and uh, went to uh, larger meetups. So now that I've um, grown my network, I really wish I would have done that sooner. And I am, um, I'm an introvert at heart. So yes. networking, it was, and still kind of is it's sometimes uh, my downfall because it just, I think a lot of people, it just really takes it out of you, you know, going to networking events for days on end. It's, you can't wait to get to your room and just listen to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love I love meeting so many different people with so many different stories because I learn from that. I learn little nuggets from everyone and implement, implement that into my own life. So definitely network as much as you can, even if you're an introvert. If you want to be successful in this, um, I don't care what you do. You have to network. So true. You know, I, I'm naturally, uh, or at least in the past, I kind of I tried canceling it out of my life but I'm naturally introverted as well. And I think once you really break through out of that little cocoon that you're putting yourself in and stop coming up with excuses, you really get yeah. the most growth out of your life. And then everything is just, you know, it's a domino effect. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think that's a great tip, really just getting out there and networking your face off and putting more offers out there to pick up more deals. Yep. Is, there, is there anything that you would give to, to anybody, you know, first getting started that, that doesn't know how to, you know, make that transition? Um, the transition from what? You know, uh, from possibly working that nine to five and then 
you know, wanting, realizing real estate is a, is a tremendous way that they can build up that financial freedom. They just don't know how to get started. Yeah. This is a long game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not get rich quick. If you think it is, if someone tell someone's telling you it is, they're lying to you. Yeah. Um, either they're purposely lying to you or they got no clue. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just, it's one step after the next each and every day. So even spending 10 minutes a day, you're way ahead of most people in this, in investing in real estate. And if you um, want to stay in your W2 and grow this, uh, it's so easy to do. I mean, you don't have to manage your own properties, buy the property and sub it out to a, a professional management company. Yeah. And that way you don't have to deal with it. Uh, but yeah, so one step after another, go to those local meetups, talk to people, um, get on biggerpockets.com, yep. um, talk to people on there, read books. Uh, probably a decade went by in my life that I did not read any books. Yeah. And now, now I read like crazy. I went, I went on vacation in San Diego. It was a, it was a work slash fun vacation. I read three books. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, read some books, learn some more knowledge and figure out if it's right for you. It's not nearly as hard as what people have it in their minds to be. Yeah. No, I mean, just like you said, you can't hire it out. Um, as far as, as far as, you know, property manager, if, if you are working that W2, um, you know, and, and a lot of people, they, they really, that's like their pain point, leaving their job, their day job. And yeah. uh, I, I think that was, you know, some motivation for me as well. And, uh, but I, I hung on to it for a while just so I could get the bank loans extremely easy. And, you know, I could, I could have a little side thing going on until the side thing took off enough and I, I felt comfortable enough leaving my job. So, you know, I do encourage people to, to, you know, hang on to the day job for the time being, really educate, network your face off and, and put offers out there. In the beginning for the first two years, I was doing four hours every single day of education, no exaggeration whatsoever. Um, you know, all the books I could get my hands on as far as real estate goes, YouTube and podcasts just like this, bigger pockets that, I mean, those guys helped me tremendously. So, yeah. so I mean, really educate and, and network and then start putting out offers is, uh, yeah. there's more than enough free information. Yeah. Podcasts, bigger pockets, um, even free downloadable books that is way more than I even know in the, in the time period that I've been reading books and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. um, if people are like, Oh, I don't have the money to get into it. it it's free. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm sharing nuggets of information that gave me hardship and time to learn. Yeah. And you just have to listen to your podcast for uh, whatever it was. It's like 30 minutes long. Listen to that 30 minute and you got a few nuggets that you just learned. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like my first deal, it took me a year and two months for the remodel and five contractors. I, I should have sued like three or four of them, you know? And it's because I, I was screening them myself long distance and I, I wasn't using referrals. Yeah. So it's like, you know, run with these nuggets. If you are listening, if you find value in this, really take action on this and, you know, network like crazy and, uh, and surround yourself with good people. Uh, but yeah. And hit that like button. Damn it. <laughs>
Adam, so I know, uh, I know you do some education as well besides the, the monthly meetup. Um, and you have your YouTube that, that's starting to um, get more famous out there. So do you mind just sharing that and how yeah. other people can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So I started a YouTube channel. I wanted to reach more people with not only real estate information, but since I have um, owned a business for so long, I've been around um, a lot of other investing um, options. I've done stocks, um, all kinds of stuff like that. I wanted to create um, YouTube videos to touch on that, how to help your kids um, leg up in life on, with your kids, um, all that kind of stuff. I'm mainly focusing on real estate, but I'm also throwing some other stuff in there and uh, releasing a, um, a video a week and love for people to check out. It's been a passion of mine. I learned the entire process myself. I edit the stuff myself. I shoot it myself. Um, I come up with the content myself. So definitely hop on there. I don't have um, a quick link for YouTube. It's Adam Beckstead Invests. So you type just my name in there. It's going to come up. Um, I also mentor a couple of people locally. Um, a couple of people that want to get into the game. They want to learn a little bit more. I spend some time with them do some lunches with them, calls with them. Um, just started working out with um, with a guy that's wanting to uh, learn about real estate. So we talk, um, talk when we work out. Yeah. yeah I love it. So, um, yeah, that's been great. Uh, contacting me. I got Facebook, Instagram, um, my email. My Facebook and Instagram is just slash Adam Beckstead. Super easy. Facebook.com slash Adam Beckstead. Same with Instagram. Uh, my email is adam at welkinequity.com. That's W-E-L-K-I-N equity.com. And Adam, your last name, Beckstead, it is B-E-C-K-S-T-E-D-T? That's it. Yeah, the, right. the, the N-T silent. It's a yeah. very German name. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, any, any final thoughts you want to give to the people? Sure. So I'm actually um, in the process of reviewing some final documents on a um, large purchase that I can offer some passive investors in. Um, this is a 506C offering. So I'm able to advertise it. Most people can't advertise their deals because they're not, um, not a 506C, but this is um, projected 11 to 13% cash on cash, which is fantastic for these deals. Um, a 19 to 20% IRR projection. And um, these are conservative projections. So I'm doing the final numbers on it. By the time your show airs, um, that'll be out there. So if anyone's interested in investing in that, definitely reach out to me. I'd love to uh, get on a phone call with you, talk with you on uh, email, uh, whatever's convenient for you. I love it. I love it, brother. Well, yeah, I know that will be an awesome resource. I'm actually interested in that myself. So we got to link up after this. Yeah. Um, but is there anything that the listeners, I know they just, you just poured into them. There's tremendous value behind this episode right here. Is there anything that the listeners can do for you? Um, yeah. Check out my YouTube channel. Tell me what you think. Um, okay. Give me some ideas. I'm thinking about starting a Q&A Q &A section on my YouTube channel. Yeah. So send me questions that I can answer on the YouTube channel is great. Hooking up with me on Facebook, Instagram, coming to my local meetup. If you have some experience or stories that you want to share, reach out to me. I'd love to bring you on, bring you in on one of those meetings. I love it. I love it. Very exciting. Cool. Well, uh, you know, for all the listeners out there, if you guys haven't yet checked out the 
the episodes on uh, on iTunes. It's Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast that you are listening to. Make sure you jump on there and you hit the subscribe button and you also leave a review. Uh, leave a review that just helps promote the, the podcast. You know, ag- iTunes has its own algorithm that it really just promotes it and pushes it out there. Let, let everybody know that it's a good podcast. Um, and this will just help the overall goal to, to reach more people and break off those limited beliefs to help educate, motivate, and prepare people to take action in real estate. And, uh, and if you leave a review and subscribe, send a screenshot to me on, uh, on facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott, R-E-I. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram, uh, Brandon Elliott Investments or uh, Brandon Elliott Investments.com. You can reach me, uh, check out the website. I will send you my book, Action Driven, 100% absolutely free. So you're definitely going to want to get your hands on this. There's tons of great content, things that I do on a daily uh, basis to be able to take action, prepare myself to build that snowball effect and, and get that momentum so you're not living with, with regret. So with that being said, guys, appreciate you all so much for joining today and, uh, and diving into this great content. Um, Adam, dude, you're the man. Appreciate you so much, brother. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, likewise. All right, guys, till next time. Stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.